When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, to get 20, 20, 20, to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. You are listening to Missed Apex Podcast. We live F1. Welcome to Missed Apex Podcast. I'm joined here by Matt Trumpets. Hey there, buddy. How is it going? Yeah, and fantastic, Matt. There's no Chinese translator this week. No, it was funny enough last week. I thought we'd had enough of it. But how will the people in Shanghai know what we're saying now? Ni hao, xie xie. It's good of you to be so multilingual and considerate of our Asian listeners. So, yes. you know what, Matt? It's been an interesting week in the Formula One media. A lot of people have been saying, like, mean stuff. Why are people mean, Matt? Uh, because they have no real life or friends to call their own. So they live on Twitter and 140 characters at a time. I don't know. I've always wondered this. It's always been one of the things that bothered me most about our sport is the fact that if I like driver A, it's not enough that you like driver B, but you have to attack driver A to feel better about yourself. It's amazing, isn't it? And it's across every, it's across uh, forums on websites. It's on the comment sections of like Sky Sports F1. It's pretty ubiquitous across, across the whole of the internet. It, it truly is. And unfortunate too, but I think that's just sometimes life. And we even got a bit of a, a dig in the comments section of a, a certain media outlet. And I just like to say, there's no need to have a go at us on various platforms, or, or me in particular, because you can call in. If you add Spanners Ready on Skype, you can just call in. If you disagree with me, let me know. I'm a big boy. I can take it. Absolutely. Yeah, call in. Have a chat. So for those of you just finding us, we are an independent podcast, but we are delighted to be on Downforce Radio, the nation's motorsport station, for as long as they'll have us. And that's where we also host e-radio show, where we talk a lot about a working method to actually watch the race, Matt. Yes, we do talk about the best way to watch the race. I'm not going to get you. Which is not always the legal way to watch the race, but... I am looking forward to hearing you on e-radio later in the week if you manage to get it on uh, about your trials of trying to actually watch the broadcast. It was was so irritating. So irritating to try and do that. But 
to be fair, my whole setup has changed, so. You're going to take some of the blame? Uh, not really. Okay. Well, we are aiming to bring you a race review before your Monday morning commute. <laughs> we are going to keep this show safe for work, although the live stream may not be. Uh, but we are keeping it clean here on the podcast so you can play this with kids in the background or at work. Uh, if you like, my son is six and I want him to be able to hear it. So that's the level I'm aiming at. Not for understanding, just for manners and politeness. So that's some of the housekeeping out of the way, Matt. Should we just, you and me do this? Nah, you know, I think we, I, I think it'd be better if we had a few friends on, as it were. Okay, our second token American, it's Ken Vortex Mortio. Thanks for joining us again, Ken. Hey, guys. And the glamorous Vivian Beauvais from Honduras. Hi, Spanners, Matt, Vortex, Tony. Hi, hello, everybody. Awesome. And we also have helping us monitor the chat room from the live stream that you'll find at SpannersReady.com forward slash live stream. We have producer Tony. Hi there, coming at you live from the kids' toy room. I've been booted out of the usual space. I thought you didn't sound as as billowy, a bit of an echo in the kids' toy room. Yeah, sorry about that. I really can't say to the wife, "Hey, I need I need the front room today." That 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 just doesn't fly. It doesn't wash. Is that is that Tinkerbell in the background? Yes, it is. And this is a basketball. And <laughs> yeah, that totally went in. Score. Dirty News. Lots of big dirty news to get through this week, but we're going to start off with women in motorsport. Now, Vivian, I would like you to set the scene for us of why people are particularly talking about women in motorsport. But bear in mind, if you perform even slightly suboptimally, you will be replaced by a middle-class Caucasian male. Well, uh, apparently... (laughs) You left out mediocre. Oh, a mediocre pay Caucasian male. <laughs> okay, so there's been a, a big buzz this week over what Bernie Eccleston said about women in Formula One. But first of all, let me set you the scene. It was at the advertising um, advertising conference, uh, week European conference, and he was sitting on a, the most uncomfortable sofa, the most Small, the, the smallest sofa ever with Martin Sorrell. So he was asking yeah. questions and they were they were going on and on for two hours for part one, then part two. And then for part two, they were um, 45 minutes in more or less and they had questions from the panel. Somebody asked about Formula One and, 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 and women. And obviously the media only quoted the part where Bernie Eccleston said that he doesn't know if they're capable physically of, of, of being enough, uh, fast enough yeah. in, in, in a race car. So... But then um, Martin made a maybe face and said, "Bernie, let's think about it." Yeah, and says, "I, I, I think it, they should get a chance if there's an F1 team who's, who who wants to have female drivers uh, and they can put a hundred billion dollars, then I will put twenty billion and have women competing in Formula One." So the last part he didn't get quoted on it. Yeah, but and it's a bit. It was he, a bit of a. I mean, was that genuine that last bit, or was that kind of a bit of a, a, a hand washing? Hey, hey, look! If someone wants to put up billions of dollars, then you know maybe it's a comment where he knows he doesn't, he won't be called on it. Yeah, no. In, in the first bit, when he finished saying about women in Formula One not being fast enough in a car, he said, "That's my opinion. I may be wrong." He even said, "I might be wrong." I, I did watch the video, and you you can even you, you can watch it if you want. It's forty three minutes in the second part, and when he says it, but obviously he just got quoted on the part that 
would make create a buzz and sell newspapers and yeah and have people comment on social media. I think he was treated unfairly because not 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 everything was said about him. Well, what, what do we think, guys? Treated unfairly? He's got previous with this kind of comment, has he not? Go on. He said things about about Hitler, about Putin, and Matt. You're gonna laugh at this. He even mentioned in that video that if Trump did win the election in the United States, um, Vladimir Putin was going to tell him what to do and and and, and say. So <laughs> that didn't get reported on the media. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god do not get me started on american politics right now we've lost our collective mind but he bernie has always loved a dictator though let's face it he does not believe in democracy in any way shape or form and he's always been very clear about this at least as regards business and politics but he's also doing his job he's making it's there is no such thing as bad publicity i guess in his mind and formula one needs all the publicity it can possibly get and so whenever he says something controversial that's a week's worth of coverage for formula one and especially in an off week are you really surprised to hear him say such ostensibly stupid things no not the media to pick on and write headlines about no um but there's there's two things that have sort of washed out of that The, the first one is you've then had basically every misogynist in motorsport crawl out of the woodwork uh you know to say mario andretti stands out particularly as kind of saying well, if women, if women think they're good enough, if these women think they're good enough, you know, let them prove it, you know? And <laughs> I don't, that just hurt me a bit because it implies that women have uh, an even playing field in the first place. My opinions on, on women in motorsports is that um, I would love to see more women in motorsports. And I, I think it's critical that... Um, that that growth happens at the grassroots level. That's where we find the talent that we find today. And in general, I, I think part of the problem, and it comes from the top, not just Bernie, but, and I, he could do a better job with this, but also Jean Todd at the FIA, which is that motorsports should be less expensive and it should be a little more ubiquitous. And if you wanna see growth in other countries, um, we should, uh, there should be more done to create inexpensive motorsports with cheap cars inexpensive carts that type of thing so if uh some young girl uh sees uh formula one on tv and is intrigued with that she could say oh you know what maybe uh me and my brother uh dad you could take us over to the cart track and we could have a go right and then boom all of a sudden you would find the super talented gal that is out there and she could have that career don't forget that the, the FIA has already created a Women in Motorsports Commission since December 2009. So it's been, it's been what, seven years since then? And um, we include, for example, Michelle Morton, Susie Wolf, Catherine Legge, Monisha Calterborn. But it's also, uh, Susie Wolf has this foundation, Dare to be Different, where she's trying to get girls to get into karting because that's where the things start, at the funnel, at the end of the funnel. So if you have more girls involved, in lesser, in lesser, um, in, in lower categories, then it's possible that they, they can start in GP2, GP1, and then go to Formula One. But if we don't have the seeds, it's going to be very difficult for a very a grown lady to just get into Formula One. That's not going to happen overnight. Yeah. Well, you two, you two are both kind of, you know, making this point about grassroots. I agree that grassroots need more women in, 
but I, ju- I just I can't agree with that. That's the starting place. It's not the responsibility of of grassroots. They haven't got the legwork. They haven't got the publicity. They just they don't have the oomph to go out there and start grabbing girls and getting them into karting. For my mind, they haven't had the the wealth of um, of role models. I'm going to make the case. Uh, I'm going to say a dirty word that tends to get people in in Britain a little bit excited which is positive discrimination now i know it gets it gets the likes of john gorn and ukip up in arms i don't really understand why it upsets them so to my mind it's an anomaly that there are not women in motorsport i personally don't see any reason why there shouldn't be women in motorsport we can get to the physicality of it later matt no, I want to. I want to make the point that 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 it's odd to me they're not more women in motorsport because physically speaking, women tend to be more diminutive. Weight is very important in yeah. all forms of open wheel motorsport. It would give the teams more balance to play with. It would be all things being equal, an advantage on average to be a woman in motorsport versus being a man. Yeah, I would have thought so. And so, so for me, it's an anomaly, and it's an anomaly that that needs fixing. And you can use positive discrimination to that end. And I'll take a risk. I'll use the example of black police officers. In the UK, there used to be no black police officers. Now, if you want to tell me that that's because black people are less able to be police officers, that's a very quick way to fall out with me. It was very much, it was cultural. Black kids were seeing white faces in uniform and thinking, well, police are white people. They're the people I run away from. They're the people that give me a hard time perhaps. Um, But my little girl watches the Grand Prix with me and she sees everyone get out their cars at the end, take their helmets off and they're all boys. So racing drivers are boys. That's all she sees. What people miss when they get upset about positive discrimination is it's supposed to be a temporary measure. That's the key word. You accept people from a smaller pool, even if sometimes that involves accepting a lower standard. And it's only a lower standard because you're picking from a much smaller group of people go on Matt. yeah well okay, let's talk about the standards let's talk about who the standards were really designed to test the standards were designed to test the people who were already there yeah so in the in the in the case that you brought up about the police officers yeah here in the states uh both for firefighters and police officers there have been no small number of controversies did i pronounce that properly no damn it controversies the, right anyway There've been no no small amount of controversies based on the entrance exams yeah. to become a firefighter, become a police officer, because they culturally discriminate against people of color in general, and they also discriminate against women in general. Right. So yeah. so you so you have these cultural institutions that have developed that are actually discriminatory in nature and keep qualified candidates from other cultures and backgrounds from getting the job and i don't think you're saying that someone is deliberately setting them to be like that it's just that they are designed amongst what is the status quo and that status quo they have evolved they have evolved over time from a society that was discriminatory and as a result they still project that influence yeah into into the here and now where we are trying to become a more egalitarian or meritocratic society before we get anywhere else tony anything going on in the chat yeah, Senior Trowell says that he's got a three and a one-year-old daughter, and he fully expects one of them to be the first female F1 world champion. 
And he said, to bring on positive discrimination if it means I can afford for them to be a champion. Unlucky, Ivy's two years ahead of you and she will win in her first two seasons. So, as long uh, as we get tickets to the paddock when she's going to win. <laughs> that's the only deal. Uh, anything else in the team? Uh, also, something about your forehead and hairline and <sighs> bad hair. Uh, this is great. This is the best my hair's been yeah. for years. Doesn't Spanish hair look bad today? <laughs> yes, plus forehead is shiny. Totally shiny. Dot, dot, dot. And large forehead. Senior Charles says forehead. It's getting on for a five or six head. Uh, someone said I might offer. It's bigger than when we started a dad's view a year and a half ago. Can't, can't stop time marching on, eh? Wow. That's, and that's all um, we have for now. Back to you. Um, yeah. Well, uh, yeah. Uh, well, I'm going to cry for a little while. And then we go on. Right. Uh, apart from the forehead comment, I tried a new camera angle. But you can check it out yourself on the live stream at SpannersReady.com forward slash live stream. We tend to go on Sundays. But he's making that point about his daughter's. And it's exactly what is motivating me on this. This is why I feel passionate. I just, I won't accept a girl, a world where my little girl is told, no, motor racing isn't for you and and neither should you. So yeah, I think, I just think society needs to earn this correct balance. And if we just do nothing about it, we're, we're just very guilty. We're being as unfair as it might be to some people who get bypassed through temporarily through positive discrimination it's a travesty if we continue going on decade after decade, not giving women role models to aim for. All the little boys have got great role models, but there's no women there for men. To, there's no women there for little girls to look at on the level of Vettel, Hamilton, Harianto. When you when people complain about people like Carmen Jorda and Susie Wolf, firstly the Susie Wolf thing irritates me because. No one complains that Nico Rosberg is there because of family or Max or anyone else. Susie's there because of family. Perhaps that did help. But my little girl doesn't know any of that. I can point at Susie Wolf to Ivy and say, there is a woman that has test piloted the best prototype single-seater cars. They're going to complain about Susie Wolf and family? Who's Nico Rosberg's father? Exactly. Who's that, Michael? Yeah. <laughs> I mean... Come on. Let's face it. Racing is so expensive and connection to sponsors so tenuous that in a way it's become almost a patriarchal, matriarchal kind of sport. If you if you look at Verstappen, who's his dad? Yeah, exactly. Really? A Formula One driver, too. Come on. Oh, okay. What? No, I just I I really wanted to squeeze this thing in about Carmen Jorda, which is that my daughter has seen (laughs) Carmen Jorda on the TV. And as much as I personally, I just want more Carmen Jorda. But my, my, my daughter doesn't care how far behind on a simulator some Danish kid says that Carmen Jorda is. She just sees this stunning, beautiful blonde woman in a racing suit and says, look at that cool lady in a racing suit. I can do that too. Yep. But here I, I want to tie together what you're saying with what Ken was saying earlier about one of the big hurdles that all drivers have to face, especially if they want to go Formula One, but really to any top series, is they have to bring sponsorship with them. And this is a skill that has nothing to do with how fast you can drive a car. And we are losing out on some really talented drivers. And I know you were beating the drums for Bradley Philpot earlier as being a particular example of someone who's really fast and never got a shot. But I want to point to uh, the current Indy series, the ladder to Indy car, where you can start by winning uh, at a motor racing school, get into the lowest rung, and if you win that rung, you automatically get sponsors for the next rung, all the way up to getting a drive in Indy car proper. Formula One doesn't really have 
something that organized to bring drivers and sponsors together. And if we look at the problem of women not having a fair shot, I think they're going to have an even harder time at sponsorship than the boys are because boys traditionally get sponsorship. So if you're making that choice, uh, you're going to have a lot more in the line if you pick a girl over a boy because if you could pick a mediocre boy, and there's tons of those in the sport, no one's going to look at you sideways. But if you pick a mediocre girl, you are going to feel it at your job in a way that you just may not wish to, to accept. And this is another example of how culture culturally the deck can be stacked against women even if it's not intentional discrimination on anybody's part yeah but the way to answer that is to take that 20 million pounds start with carts make it free for just send out the flyer they won't girl i still want to race a cart come see us they won't turn up they won't turn up unless they're seeing glamorous glamorous women in race suits that's that's my opinion on that but i want to go to viv viv who would win in a fight between you and matt trumpets my point being are women physically able to do this yeah men always have the last word yes dear so (laughs) uh... (laughs) yes 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 yes. guys don't tell me it's not true all of you answer to your to your women and you say yes dear that's the last word men have okay if you want a quiet life you've got to yeah exactly so uh, regarding sponsorship, I think there would be a bigger array of sponsors if there were more women in sports. It doesn't matter what age, it doesn't matter what category. Uh, at the end of the day, who's the one who does, does the more shopping? Who's the one who buys? Who's the one who sees the sponsorships? It's women. Yeah. Don't, 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 don't tell me that, that men, men only buy tech things and cars, and that's all. I'm not allowed to go supermarket shopping anymore. Women are in charge of every, every, everything else. Yeah. And if they start seeing brands that they normally <laughs> would buy or, or they don't buy because they don't know about them, yeah. then it's going to be a, a, a bigger array. Now, we have world champions who haven't scored a single point in Formula One. It doesn't matter if a, if a woman scores a point or not. I agree. And uh, women on the pit wall, Viv? Well, on the, on the pit wall, we have women. For example, we have Manisha managing a team. We have Claire, Claire Williams managing a team. And then we have somebody in, in the Haas Formula Formula team, uh, Ruth Bascom, who who's really doing a stra- the race strategy, yeah. and I think she's done a, a very well, a very good job so far. You think she's done a good job so far, but she's a little bit camera shy, isn't she? Yeah, because we don't want to 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 be the center <laughs> of attention. We we let you guys do that. Yeah, I suppose there would be a lot of tokenism as well, wouldn't there? I, I mean, people would want to hold her up as the woman that is the strategist. You know, rather than well, Haas's like, strategy. Okay, let's let's be fair there. I mean, strategists in F one are always off camera. I mean, how many times have we seen the strategists for Mercedes, for Red Bull, and and I love Ruth Buscom because just looking, for instance, at the Russian GP, the choices that she made on tires. Um, months ago when she had to choose them was super aggressive. I was super impressed with that girl in general and what she's done for Haas so far. Cool. Anyone else? Anything else to say about women in motorsport? I've got something from the chat room. Go. Just uh, talking about when we were all, when Matt wanted to make sure that we got uh, tickets for Senior Trowel's door. Yes. He said, never mind tickets to the paddock. He's at WEC last weekend. Straight after quality, he was standing less than a metre from the front in the Audi yeah. and the Porsches in Park Ferme. Paddock was open to walk through. Me and Dotto walked past Jackie Stewart, Mark Webber, Nick Heitfield. Could have stopped and spoke to them all. F1 is much too closed. And yes, I was there at Silverstone last year for the uh, 
for the WEC and it was it was miles it was a great racing experience uh, but you know much in the same way as if me and Tony had a drag race we would have no problem with you coming and chatting to us either if there's a billion people who wanted to watch it you know it's a bit more expensive do you want to have a drag race me yeah 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 let's do it uh which card should we use should we use the the, the rubbish ones that we we have to have or the decent ones that the wives get to drive around in she's not gonna let me drive that we'll have to use the rubbish ones matt yes yeah i want to make one more small <laughs> teeny tiny point if i may okay I, I, sorry don't roll your eyes at me ken it's a very <laughs> short point but it's a very important one what is one of the major problems in terms of formula one revenue right now what have we been losing massively uh, TV ratings, TV, TV ratings. Now, correct me if I'm wrong, but don't women make up roughly around half of the total viewing population of any given country? Uh, do, yeah, and, in general, yeah. And if we had women in and of and around the sport, wouldn't that give them more reason to watch the races? That's a good Absolutely. point. There's a, I can remember, and, and it, therefore, it, wouldn't it bring in more money to Formula One and solve a problem that it has? I mean, it just—it's just. Well, I'll use the S word. It's stupid. It's stupid that they've not done this yet. If, Brilliant. If more women want to watch the race, then there'll be more men allowed to buy the subscription. Oh my! Because their God. wives have allowed it. That's the most amazing point in I'm, the world. I'm, I'm thinking like a twenty percent hike at least in men, and you know, and then there'll be even more. Yeah, 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 yeah. I know. I'm yeah. a genius. I'm just saying. Oh, well, please appeal to, to grumpy women. I mean, women, so that my wife will let me watch the girl. We can all sit as a family instead of it being... Uh, I've let myself down with that last comment. But uh, is that the end of Women in Motorsport, guys? No, it's the beginning. It's the beginning. You yes. definitely haven't. Oh, no, you missed the apex. Matt, yeah. why are the yeah. manufacturers and Bernie fighting each other? Well, we, we, we've talked about it in previous podcasts, that the, the rules battle that's been ongoing has been almost as much about the manufacturers versus Bernie with the EU getting involved as anything else. And we've seen, once again, reports turning up on various online publications that the revolution is being led by, not surprisingly, an Italian who is also Canadian, which does make it sort of surprising that a revolution is being led by him. But nevertheless, it turns out that it may be Ferrari leading the way to try and depose Eccleston. This is this is what I have read online this week. And if so, it could be quite the entertaining battle because Ferrari has long felt that it was Formula One. But I think what a lot of people overlook when they calculate the odds of this is that if Mercedes, the likes of Mercedes and Fiat Chrysler are arrayed economically against CVC and Bernie Eccleston, I don't think CBC or Bernie Eccleston stand a chance against massive multinational corporations at the end of the day. But I am concerned about what happens if they succeed wholeheartedly in taking over the support sport for themselves, because it's not just about the manufacturers. Okay, so... Oh, wait a minute. I just, I love the sound Ken just made there. I wish you could see it. This is worth the live stream. He's like, a, his mouth is all like uncomfortable. He's like, mm. I can't wait to hear this. So how could that happen given that Bernie reports to the owners of the sport, the CVC, and uh, I, I don't really see, I mean, like what kind of influence could Chrysler, Fiat, and Mercedes, and Renault, Nissan have 
uh, with the CVC. Well, I, I, I'm not sure. I haven't gamed this out that far. My essential point being that if we're going to talk about resources to do things, if you take the combined resources of Renault, Mercedes, which is Renault-Nissan, of course, Mercedes, and Fiat Chrysler, they could afford to really do whatever the hell they wanted to, regardless of whatever economic sanctions Bernie wants to throw at them. They could afford, they could afford to create Formula One from the ground up tomorrow. And it's almost happened once or twice before in the past couple of decades. You had FISA FOCA, then you had FOCA FOTA, and, and now we're seeing yet again a third iteration of it, which really does suggest that there's just something basically wrong with the structure, the governing structure of the sport. But I also want to bring up an item that showed up later in our list, which is the potential bias for Sauber. Who might they be, Ken? This is unfortunate news. Could well be fiat. In the form of alpha, which would yeah. mean that there were only one or two independent voices. Really, you could you even say one, what with Force India buying Mercedes engines, the, literally what we formerly knew as the garagistas, who were once upon a time led, ironically enough, by Bernie Eccleston, totally shut out by the manufacturers in the upcoming political battle for the soul of Formula One. Yeah, there's a there's a, that's a cartel right there. I'd say that's a term that I like to use, and I think it's appropriate. And I hope that the EU uh, Competition Commission sees it that same way. I, I really think that that's one way that could save Formula One is to bust up the contracts that are in place until 2020 and start from scratch. I'm going to go you one further. The only way it's going to happen is if they tear up the TV rights contract and start over again. I believe the TV, like currently, I believe the TV rights contract is the keystone to the entire puzzle. But that's me. Opinions may vary. No, you raise a great point with that, but the real problem with the TV contracts is even if those are torn up, uh, the guy that negotiated those to begin with and has the philosophy that, oh, we, TV ratings don't matter, it's the money that we get from the TV deals, that's what's more important, that strangled the teams so that they cannot get sponsors because they don't have the ratings to get the sponsors. It's really strangled um, the goose that's laying the golden egg in a way. If Bernie is still leading it, um, really, I think the way to, to solve it is for whatever it's going to take for CBC to sell it to somebody else. Um, there's a lot. There's other visions and business plans for running this sport than what we have. Well, I, I want to jump on that and let's let's put blame where it's due. At the end of the day, when they sold the rights, the commercial rights, the FIA reneged on its responsibility to run the sport. If the FIA leased the rights, demanded that X percentage of the profits be set aside for the teams, set up a proper uh, division schedule so that even the teams at the bottom could afford to compete in terms of a division of the prize money, well, then none of this would really be a problem. At the end of the day, they punted their responsibility when they sold the rights, and they did it, I believe, probably for commercial, for money, monetary reasons, in terms of running their own business as much as anything else. And And if they got the chance to do it over again, the FIA should retain the rights and only lease them to whoever says they can give them the best deal. 
Yeah, right, right. If they could break that 99-year lease and make mm -hmm. it a short-term, something like five years, seven yeah. years, so that that way there's always the pressure that we need to review this or your lease is coming up in three years and I yeah. don't see hey. you as being performing well. Right, exactly. That That's my point. Anyway, there you go, Spanners. Uh, We're yeah. done with the boring stuff now. No, I mean, it's it's really interesting. I'm just listening to that completely on the outside. I have absolutely no idea <laughs> about any of the commercial uh, rights and everything like that. But um, yeah, so basically you can have two big ones in uh, with one or two little fish. And some people might think that's bad. A lot of people do. To be honest, I thought it was already like that. I thought Salvo were already in Ferrari's pocket anyway. No, no. The, 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 the bottom half of the grid is fairly independent. And... Um... So that's that's the real concern is I, I think Matt is exactly right is is it going to become two or three entities own a majority of the grid that's not a pleasant thought really Okay then uh guys uh, before we go on to the next subject it's time for a word from our friends at Forge Motorsport Can't find the parts you're looking for? Maybe it's time you called Forge Motorsport. Famous for our innovation, clever design, and manufacturing to the highest quality. Our mantra is the best customer care and after-service worldwide. So, we've developed the largest range of replacement aftermarket, blow-off valves, recirculation valves, intercoolers, and actuators in the world. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 40% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping. And that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. We are dedicated in applying our wealth of knowledge and technical expertise gained through years of research and development to create products that deliver the highest level of quality. Call 0152-380-999 and our dedicated staff are ready to help you. Forge Motorsport, proudly made in Great Britain. I've heard uh, someone's just messaged me saying about the the ads popping up in the Ustream. Nothing I can do about that. I cannot currently afford to have 
an ads-free broadcasting service. So just uh, bear with it. I hope that it's worthwhile you joining in. You can, of course, go to patreon.com if you're the sort of person who does Patreon and search for Missed Apex on there and help support us. You can also sponsor a segment of any of the shows I do on the internet for a fiver. We'll plug your blog uh, and articles or just tell people to follow you on Twitter. And maybe then we can have a glorious world of ad-free, of ad-free streaming. Tony, uh, what are the chat room? What, what are they saying? Uh, we've got a comment, uh, Anonymous4921, catchy name. Uh, what about DeGrasse's comment about F1 drivers in Formula E? Ooh. And he said that they would struggle. Senior Travel jumps in with, you'd hope Formula E, Formula 1, WC, Indy, professional racing drivers would, with a bit of testing, manage in each other's series. Yeah, it was a bit of a weird comment, Ken, wasn't it, from DeGrasse? Like, where did that even come from? Well, yeah, so I think that falls in the same vein as what Matt was talking about um the nature of Bernie's comment and that um, uh, Degrassi's point was that I think Formula E is an unusual series. It's an unusual challenge for your average racing driver these days. And, and that was his point. And he used it to illustrate that golly, even Lewis Hamilton, the top drivers in Formula One would be challenged by this format, et cetera, except it came out, of course, with uh, the proper, um, what's the term, the, the, the headline, uh, the, the, the reader-grabbing headlines. Um, Clickbait? Lewis Hamilton would struggle in Formula E or whatnot, right? You know, yeah. I, I don't think that really was what he meant. <laughs> and I think in, in the context of um, his comments, he, he mentioned, he goes, you know, those guys are great drivers. And so he expects they would be able to perform Point being, Formula E is an unusual series, challenging for drivers to step into. Well, Matt, we saw Jeff come in and didn't he take pole like straight away on his first session? Uh, Jeff came in, but I, I was thinking of a certain other French Canadian who came in as a Formula <laughs> One driver and did a rather, well, craptastic job, for lack of a better word. He was 100 years old, though, Jack Villeneuve. <laughs> JV. Yeah, not Jeff, but yeah, and we have seen drivers come in and, and do very well. We've seen drivers come in and struggle, but the style of driving, because the regeneration is so important, matters a lot, and the balance of the cars is probably quite a bit different to what you would have in your standard open wheel series. So I could, you could see someone who is a very, very good driver come in and really not have great results. And frankly, I think if you put them in an ex-EV car, they would struggle no matter what this year. Yeah, or the heavy back end of the Virgin car. Yeah, yeah not much more to say about that. But if you call in on Skype, you can just use a little mobile device. bit quiet this week but you can just use the mobile app on your skype and add spanish ready and weigh in on the conversation and now i've been looking forward to this for the last four or five days because can has put his he stakes his technical reputation on the line uh he's basically he's taken matt summers f1 and i think he's said rubbish i can do a better job than you summers you don't know what you're talking about uh i on missed apex podcast i'm going to tell you all about Renault's homogenous charge combustion ignition system. That's what you said. And you were really rude. You slammed it down to Summers and said, come on and I'll challenge you. Is that what you said? Um, I, I don't really recall saying it that way. Uh, uh, thank you, my friend. But um, I, I, 
I, I found it very interesting. A, a journalist that I have a lot of respect for um, is Mark Hughes. He wrote uh, an article, it was published uh, Friday of the Chinese Grand Prix, and he um, forewarned that, so Renault is going to have a new motor for Canada. And he said it's going to be a, um, the homogenous charge combustion ignition update, aka HCCI. There's some really cool things that are happening inside the internal combustion engine of Formula One cars today. Going into the side, the cylinder, inside the pistons, yeah. uh, there's some bleeding edge technology happening there. And it's um, it, 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 it's trying to get the, the maximum power out of, out of each squirt of fuel, so to speak. Yeah. And uh, so my point uh, that I had made when I noticed that article is that what uh, Mark Hughes, the journalist, had described, and his he's a paddock guy, his connections are engineers, and he described a uh, combustion process that involves uh, an extension of the, of the piston inside the cylinder that goes up and creates, um, in, in a pocket within the cylinder head, a higher combustion chamber uh, where it compresses more and causes um, sp uh, spontaneous combustion, so to speak. That's called combustion ignition. And then that wait, wait, little wait. pocket ignites the main cylinder of fuel. Does wait, it, wait, is wait. Is that pretty wait, clear wait. to you, no, Spanners? Do no, you understand all. now? <laughs> okay, let me see. Let me see. Okay, so I, I, you're talking about like a combination of the techniques for diesel and petrol. So with diesel, you squeeze the diesel as much as you can until the pressure makes it explode. Spot on. So if you just take a match to some diesel, it's it doesn't combust. You know, just in a cup, you could you couldn't just make it catch fire in the same way petrol can. Petrol, you squirt it into the the head of the chamber, you you spark it, and the explosion forces the cylinder down. So they're doing a combination of the two. Now, who who is doing who has been doing this combination? So is the combination that they are first squeezing it and then sparking it? Is that the well? Yeah, so that's that's a great question. So here's here's what I've seen, right? The rumors are Mercedes has been doing this and that they're miles ahead. Um, then the rumors are that Ferrari, uh, some say this happened last year at Monza, um, showed up with a motor that was improved, and it has a similar technology. And some were supposing that they use a chamber that the spark plug is in the small chamber and does a pre-ignition and that fire then bursts out into the main chamber. And so it, again, is a two-stage thing. However, those are kind of rumors. There's nobody that's really been able to confirm that, except that Mark Hughes' article was significant because he was able to describe in detail his sources are paddock engineers. And I think, and Matt, you can correct me if I'm wrong. One of the beauties of this current engine formula is that if you want to do any type of um, uh, maintenance upgrade for cheaper parts or parts that, uh, what's the term, that don't break as much or something reliability like that. And re reliability and cost savings. Exactly. I, you uh, have to yeah. share your proposed safety changes. and cost savings. Yeah. You, you, yeah, do have you have to, to send share around those with everybody else. Right. So 
So the secretive engine uh, technology is not quite so secret if you if you have to share your blueprints and everything, which is the rules with all the competing engine engine manufacturers. And so the secret world, there is a little bit of knowledge that's seen throughout the paddock by folks who are intrigued by this arcane stuff. And it it's pretty cool if you're into technology, what's what's happening there. Uh, well, I, I'm very curious. Like, I, I did not have time to do as much research on this as I wanted to. But my basic understanding is that the the difference between the stratified charge and the homogenous charge is how economical you can be with your mixture. Is that is that correct? Do I have that right? Well, so here's the thing. I I I don't know. I I. I noticed with uh, some engineer types that I was um, chasing around on bulletin boards that um, the the common term for the, the common usage of stratified um, charge combustion ignition tends to be with um, a diesel application where they're squirting in a rich mixture of fuel into um, a very lean um, uh, cylinder and, and it causes the combustion to happen as it um, as it goes in, whereas what we're seeing is this little micro cylinder chamber, right. uh, chamber and that's pre-igniting and then um, ignites the main charge in the main cylinder. And, and to my mind, and I'm no engineer, right? You know, but uh, that would be strat that would be the definition of stratified charge combustion ignition, aka SCCI. So. I don't right. know if I've answered your question, though. No, 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 no. But but as compared to the homogenous charge, which you thought perhaps was a yeah. So the Renault homogenous was charge, yeah. right? And so what Renault is bragging about is um, via Mark Hughes and that contact is is his con uh, source is that they're going to have homogenous charge combustion ignition, and that implies that. It's a single chamber. It's the main chamber. It's the piston, and that it just gets up to top dead center. There's so much pressure. There's so much heat, and you have the uh, spontaneous combustion, a la diesel, as Spanners um, correctly identified. And, and the impression is that that that's probably not the case. And from the engineering types that I've seen, that that wouldn't. There, there's some real challenges there for a racing application with wide open throttle. Tony, do you agree that the way forward is homogenous exploding diesel truck? I may have lost track of what was going on. Exploding things are always good. Uh, but while you've come to me, uh, I'm going to jump in. A, a minute or so ago, Craig Ollison jumped in. He said, so true. This is a complete failure of the 2014 power unit concept. The regs were designed to allow development of ERS rather than internal combustion. The internals are massively regulated. I'm surprised they're able to do this. Must be to do with the fuel rather than the cylinder. What do you think? Well, I, I think that, not surprisingly, the FIA is once again, and they have accepted blame for the cost of these engines being too high. I don't care what someone like Mercedes spends developing an engine. What I do care about is the total cost to the user in the sport of that engine. If the FIA were to cap the engine cost at X 10 million, 12 million, 15 million dollars, then let the manufacturers decide how much they want to spend developing whatever it is. And you might get more rational decisions in terms of dollars and cents for horsepower and fuel economy. 
but back to your point, the, the difference between these two engines is seems like to me is pretty significant and that you can get more economy out of a stratified charge engine than you can out of a homogenous charge engine. And in an engine formula that values economy, if Renault has really gone homogenous charge, the only way that might be advantageous for them is if none of the other ICE engine manufacturers, internal combustion manufacturers, have actually pursued that. Am I understanding that correctly? Well, so what I supposed on Twitter is maybe maybe they maybe Renault did pursue homogenous charge, and it turns out to be a wrong road to go down. That it would make a better racing engine to be um, stratified charge, and so uh, maybe the the that motor that was blowing up, that was underpowered, that was horrible off of the corners and all that stuff last year. That I I don't know though. I mean, that's a very dark hole and there's very little insight there. So I was making candidly a wild supposition. We love I, wild suppositions here, Ken. We uh, live for wild suppositions. We live wild speculation. But we are <laughs> running short of time, so I'd like to give the, the last word on engines to Tony Thunderbeast Barnard. Last word to me, oh I'm honoured. Yeah. Well, there yeah, you go. Well, I'd, I'd really be happy if I had something to offer. But, I don't know. Uh, I just thought that you'd made a very intelligent comment in the chat. Oh, that. Well, I, I wasn't sure if I was 100% right or not, but I'm going to throw it in anyway. Uh, Craig jumped in. He says he's confused as supposed to make a petrol rather than a diesel. And I just said, well, I think the point is the compression of the diesel lowers the flashpoint so it combusts. Uh, the principle also applies to petrol, but it's not necessary as it ignites for the spark anyway. Engineering. compressing it. But by compressing it and then hitting it with a spark, yeah. then you get a bit more power, a bit more bang for your buck. Mm. That's the way out. That's the way the layman, myself, I think the that... layman engineer who doesn't know what F1, that, that's how I'm reading it. Now I can see lots of waving hands, but I want to move on to something more fun and I get my way. Daddy, I want a pony and I want it now. Vivian, tell me about Hollywood, baby. Yes, apparently this Tuesday there's a new movie coming out. Uh, it's a, the movie is called Senna vs. Brundle, and it's uh, from Mario <laughs> Moot. And basically it's a, it's a film about the British Formula 3 in 1983, where both of them were fighting for the championship. Apparently they used some of the footage that they couldn't use in the Senna movie, in the original Senna movie. Yeah. So they spoke to their producers, they're using some of the scenes, and they're making this new movie, and it's going to be available in Vimeo. Online, by I think it's seven ninety nine. You can download it, buy it, download it, and watch it. And it's going to be released this Tuesday, just before um, the anniversary of Senna's tragic death in Imola, nineteen ninety four, which happened uh, May first. So, so if you want to re- relive some of the action, not Formula One, but yes, Formula Three. You can download the movie. I'm not getting any credit for it, but I just <laughs> saw it online, and I thought it was nice for us. Formula One yeah. um, so is it fanatics a dr- and sports fanatics. Is it a dramatic type movie or like a documentary? or Documentary, there's people talking, there's a lot of footage, uh, pictures and, and a film uh, about Martin and, and, and Senna and it's it's very well, I, th- I, saw the, I saw the trailer and it's really, it's really good. It's worth a $7.99. Worth a $7.99? Uh, what, is there no like yeah. rental option? Poor, yeah, that's, I don't know. that's the only option they are offering on Vimeo, and you can watch it that day or <laughs> maybe later. Do you get reckon that was Brundle as as sort of as critical of everything in 1983 as he is now? Oh, these cars are rubbish. That's Senna. He's overrated. Well, he became a Formula One 
broadcaster, so he can say whatever he wants. Now he's not driving a car. I guess not being a world champion, he became a broadcaster. Exactly. Oh dear, him and Johnny Herbert. <laughs> yeah. Um, speaking of Alonso, that's because uh, it was Alonso that 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 stood toe to toe with Johnny Herbert and faced all his might. Uh, Alonso is reported that he wants to drive something else, and it's not Formula E. Uh, so Alonso is reported as wanting to add Le Mans and the Indy 500 titles to his CV. So along with the Monaco win, that would give him the triple crown, which Graham Hill is the only driver ever to do, uh, along with one. Uh, so one Pablo Montoya's got two. He's got Monaco and Indy 500. And apparently he he also still wants to do Le Mans. Uh, is there time for Alonso to achieve these things, Matt? Yeah, absolutely. I, I think you look at the IndyCar drivers, they seem to have a little longer lifespan, uh, as it were, in the cockpit than the Formula One drivers do. That's the open it, wheel it, one, isn't it, Indy? That is the yeah, open right. wheel one. Absolutely. And as for WEC, well, let's face it, Weber's racing WEC, so certainly Alonso could manage that if he had to. That's savage. Even Hulkenberg won that. I don't think I think I think the Formula One teams and or the FIA is trying to steer Formula One drivers away from doing that. And I don't really know why exactly. But you look at the Baku debacle, if you will, this year where Hulkenberg's not allowed to defend his title at Le Mans. And it just seems like there are avoidable conflicts in the schedule that have popped up. And perhaps that's Bernie's influence behind the scenes, trying to keep the drivers from becoming more important than the sport. Or perhaps it's something else going on. I don't really know. But I'd, I'm not sure he'll be able to do it before he stops driving a Formula One car. I love it when you do conspiracy theories and stuff. The Russians, they love the conspiracies. Do you think that was more of a French accent then? Paranoia will destroy ya. I might have dropped the ball on the accents then. But we are going to Russia, which is a very interesting track. It's, it's a Tilka track, but it doesn't seem quite as a stop start as as the others it's it's interesting but is it good yeah it's a tilty track but remember that they built it around the olympic Games structure so basically they had to work with what they had oh right so they just rammed it in around the sochi uh olympic thing now it's it's actually quite hot in sochi isn't it because i had assumed from the winter olympics that it, well, it was a bit of a cold place to go racing you, you may be wrong. I thought it was going to be relatively cool there. Oh, no. All right. Okay. Well, can anyone settle this? Can the chat room settle? Is Sochi hot? Because I, um, I thought that whole point, I, just, I thought I heard something where they had to artificially uh, cool it quite a lot. But th- what about that turn three, Matt? That is an epic turn. I do love the long turns. Those are a lot of fun to watch. They just destroy tires if you don't enter them correctly. There seems to be a few different ways to go into that turn three as well. Well, we see this with the better with the better racetracks is they allow multiple lines through corners, which gives you a chance at pulling off an overtake and or a crash. Yeah, either well, one of which is entertaining. I just think I think it's happy though with the that turn one. There's no risk, so you can lay, break as late as you want. And you're only really going to dribble through the runoff back on track. Oh, you mean the Nico Rosberg memorial turn? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, okay, so you might have to give up the place that you... Basically, it's a shot to nothing because you have to give up the place that you were going to fail to get anyway. So there's no point being conservative. You may as well slam it on as late as possible. 
And the worst thing that can happen is you have to give that gains place back. Yeah, well, but this this gets to the larger nature of safety versus versus racing in general. They've added more and more runoff, and while ostensibly it it makes it safer for the drivers, it also leaves them able to just flaunt at will and make choices that they would never have made were the consequence of going off track more severe yeah. to their car and or their race. Yeah, but there's not even anything to drive around, sort of in the style of Monza, is there? It's purely flat and open. Like, at least Monza, you have to sort of weave in and out some speed bumps if you get offline. Yeah, I mean, I suppose the thing behind it is, is if, you've, if you've gone that far off, you're already losing places anyway. You're not really going to... You're, you're not really going to... If you're on the outside of the turn, you're not really going to be making up places on anyone. All right, Ken. The, the key thing about this track that I can remember is that is magic tires. Nico Rosberg's magic tires... They never ran out. And famously, he changed tyres on lap two or lap one or at the end of the first lap, and that was it. He was able to finish the rest of the race on his mediums. Yeah, yeah. So I, that's kind of – that was a very interesting thing. It's a relatively new track, and so last year, Pirelli were wondering, well, will these tyres last longer because now the asphalt is aged or whatnot, and it turned out um, it made – seemingly no difference whatsoever that you could just go forever and ever and ever. But I'm assuming unless like the winter was particularly harsh and it busted up the track or something like that, that we're going to look at, um, once again, the tire's not really wearing out. Um, Pirelli is not, they could have gone really aggressive if they wanted to and said, okay, the tires are going to be ultra soft and super soft and soft, but they were a little bit conservative, candidly. So it's super soft, softs and mediums. Um, and so what we can expect is probably um, one to two stops. Uh, and that uh, theoretically, that I, I don't know, but I'm looking forward to seeing how long those tires go. Uh, I really, I really hope there's going to be something vaguely interesting because it, despite the potential of the track, it, it hasn't been an exciting race to watch, has it, in the last two years? So, in I mean, in more of hope than expectation, I think of the weekend, it could very well be a procession uh, with nothing to mix it up. Uh, Tony, how are you feeling about your contribution so far this week? Uh, not awesome. Uh, I, <laughs> tell, I knew I was wrong. About tell that me what thing. happened. <laughs> Do you want to clarify? Well, that, it doesn't lower the flash point of the diesel. It it increases the temperature, making it easier to ignite. That, that that's what it was, and I'm quite embarrassed. And I really don't appreciate you bullying me into saying it. To be honest, no one cares. Let's find out what you know about Russia. Of course, that would involve me having the right document up. There we go. All right then, quick fire guys, shout out if you know this year which team has the most set of soft tires. Six. Right. Okay. That... Ferrari. <laughs> Matt goes Ferrari. Any advance on Ferrari? It is. They love the soft tire. it is Ferrari. Five, five, five points to Matt there because of five sets. When was the first Russian Grand Prix? Shout it out. Two years ago. 2014. 2014? years ago. Yeah, two years ago. Actually, it was uh, back around the turn of the century because remember Mercedes won it. There we go. Thing. Well, unfortunately, that wasn't your first answer, Matt. You said two years ago. So Tony, with six years ago, was the most correct because it was 103 years ago. So Tony, you're closest. You get 97 points. Well oh, done. I think Matt yes. should get those points. 
Unfortunately, you're not in charge of the quiz. So, uh, right, what is the... <laughs> Last I week, feel really, I feel much better about sounding stupid earlier on. We, we had the longest well done, <laughs> in China. We had the longest straight of the year at nearly twelve hundred meters. What is the length of the longest straight in Sochi? Nine hundred, eight hundred, sixty-five, <laughs> a thousand, nine fifty. Uh, the closest person then was Matt because it's six hundred and fifty. Meters, even exactly though what I said. Exa- that was stuck it. with the sixes. Damn it! Even though I um, don't know what it sounded like, but that's exactly what I said. Uh, last question, then. No, no. Second to last question. Overall track length. Go over five kilometers. Six kilometers. Five point four. Six point one. And I believe it's five point eight. So I believe the closest was Tony again. So that <sighs> another oh. seventy-four points for that question. Uh, but for one hundred and fifty points, who's better, Russia or America? America. America. Uh, and how do you, what's the common abbreviation for the United States of America? USA. <laughs> I'll give you a chance for that. Okay then, guys. So, uh, Tony, do you have for us a... Comment of the week. Yes, well, welcome to Comment of the Week, guys. This is me, Tony, or Thunder Beast. I'm coming at you from the toy room. You may be I overplaying this. Say... Yeah, I uh, just want to say a comment of the week. This week is from RealMattPT55. He said, <laughs> yes, plus his forehead is shiny. And that's with reference to our horse spanners already's forehead. It's very shiny and very large. Wow, the pressures. The pressures of the media spotlight I've put Such myself mean under. mean people <laughs> Speaking of spotlight, yeah, there is a lot of glare off said forehead. <laughs> wow. Okay, don't bother watching the live stream to find out if that's real. Next week, I'll. Uh, what do you need? A little foundation. Is that what you do, Vivian? A little bit of foundation to get rid of the shine? Yeah, a little bit of foundation and better lighting. Better, but oh, it's not really much I can do in the Even shed. Go on, Matt. Just don't send video. Do us all a favor. Well, you know, being a thing, realizing that we're previewing the Russian race, I realized that we were a bit neglectful and not talking about the tires at all. Although you did mention them in the quiz. Well, it was a bit of a reaction to how much we talked about tires last week. Yeah, which is okay, but. I, I saw a forecast in the comments for the for the race. It was only supposed to be it's supposed to be nineteen and sunny, I think. Was that oh, correct? Right, yeah. So nineteen, that's warmish. Yeah, and yes, interestingly right. enough, with only the exception of manor, all of the teams have brought exactly one set of mediums to this race. That's yeah. Well that's amazing. So we could see like a seven stop race nah, if they're well, all running on softs. Yeah, with the degradation being so low, probably not. But mm. remember our guest Summers last week talking about how temperature dependent exactly. the tires are. If that weather forecast changes, yeah, and the softs or the supers go out of their operating window, it could be a very entertaining ride for some of the teams. Is what I would say. Yeah, oh, it's worth going. They have no place to go if it, it gets hot or it gets. Cool. It's worth going back and listening to the first half of our China review to listen to Summers talking about how the temperature uh, affects affects the tyres. And, and that's more so this season, do you think, than in previous seasons? Uh, that seemed to be what he implied to me. You feel the same way, Ken? Uh, not necessarily. That The, the tyres have always had um, a slightly um, varying range of operation. And so what that would mean, to put it in real terms for our fans, is that if it turns out that there is a sudden heat wave or something like that, 
the soft tire would be the tire that suddenly may come in vogue. The super softs may get uh, may not last as long as what everybody's guessing they will. Okay, let's go round the table. Vivian, who's going to win the Russian Grand Prix? Don't say, don't say it. No, no, I'm going to say Nico Rosberg. I think he's on a, on, a, on a very nice streak. He will win this world championship, even though Bernie said that Lewis Hamilton was going to win. But I'm very, really looking forward to Vladimir Putin's entrance at the Russian Grand Prix. Maybe that will be the real winner. Matt, who's your winner? Oh, it, it's uh, Lewis will win. I always pick Lewis to win because historically speaking, the odds are on my side there. But I'm personally looking forward to whether or not Vladimir and Bernie dress like twins again, because I thought that was the best thing ever. Ken, uh, could you make a race prediction without referencing Vladimir Putin? Um, sure. I'm going to, well, to be different, I'm going to, so Ferrari has um, a rumored engine upgrade that they're supposed to bring to Russia so I'm going to choose one of the uh, red boys. I guess I'll choose Vettel uh, just to make uh, Vivian a little upset. <laughs> yeah, but Vettel's will the engine upgrade choice. keep them from crashing into each other? Well, yeah, uh, that's a great point. <laughs> I think so, because, you oh, know, cruel, Matt. I know, the, I'm sorry. It was the tires. It was the tires. It wasn't the driver. We'll just say that. How's that, Vivian? Is that good? Much better. Well, I think the first the first phase was clearly Vettel's fault, and then Kimi recklessly came back on and smashed into Hamilton because he's not very good, Viv. I just I don't understand how someone is. You're a professor no, no. of English. He didn't he didn't crash into Hamilton. Somebody else crashed. Fine. Into Hamilton. He basically played billiards with a Sauber to take Hamilton out. Basically the same thing. Uh, Tony, That's who's your fun. winner? Who's your winner for Russia, Tony? Uh, I don't know. Will Stevens. Last year, he stood a chance. This year, maybe someone who's actually competing in F1. I think the chances are about the same this year. Actually, he might be the winner because he doesn't have to come up with a sponsorship any longer. No, it's great. Will Stevens, Will Stevens that's that's officially your guest. Uh, but guys, yeah. you can find Vivian Bovey at Vivian Bovey. Or can catch up with him at Vortex Mortio. Always catch up with the fantastically booth-fonted quiff of at MattPT55. Find Tony at a dad's view and me at Spanners Ready. Anything else anyone particularly wants to plug? Yeah. Go on. I changed the name of my Facebook page so it'd be super cool and get more people. It's now called Dad Hub. So check it out. I don't understand the reference. If there's a reference at all to be made, all that's left to say is check out SpannersReady.com. I've done a lot of work on there. There's even some blogs to read. But until next time, wounds heal, chick stick scars, and glory lasts forever. See you next time on Miss Apex. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. 
Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at uh1.com. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.